Welcome to Of The People Live again. I'm Robert Chernin. Thank you so much for joining us. We're starting off with feckless and flaccid. What am I talking about? Well, the U.S. foreign policy, of course, right? Three Americans dead in Jordan, drone strike from obviously directed by Iran, who isn't claiming responsibility. Of course, it's not their fault. And, and a couple dozen U.S. servicemen injured. Is there any more pathetic example of how U.S. foreign policy is an abysmal failure under the Biden administration? And look, folks, politics is supposed to stop at the water's edge. We are all Americans. But U.S. foreign policy, whether they're trying to undercut Israel and force them to settle with Hamas and accept a two-state solution or their flaccid and feckless response to Iranian provocation in the greater Middle East is on display and we're paying for it, right? What was the response from the Biden administration that, well, we're going to continue to still fight terrorism everywhere we can find it. And we are going to, what were the words that they use? We're going to make them pay at a time and place of our choosing. So I'm wondering if a time and place of their choosing is after they ship another $6 billion to Iran, or maybe it's unfreezing the 150 billion that Obama unfroze during his administration that freed up all of Iran's money, or maybe it's the 1.7 billion that was on that card at night that went into the, the cargo plane that they shipped to Iran, sort of like a back pain. It's like getting a VIG when you're in Jersey, right? If you remember the Sopranos, or maybe it's Hillary Rodham Clinton in the uranium one deal that they sold, you know, it's a Canadian company, but mines in the U S they sold to Russia, right? Maybe after all that happens again, maybe we'll get a foreign policy response here, right? So you know what you really have is you don't have Donald Trump, so you have no mean tweets. And just to juxtapose the two, if you remember, and maybe you guys can pull this up. Remember this guy? Let's pull, let's pull him up, Erica, if you can. So this guy is, let's see if we can see him. See him? I don't know if he's on the screen, but basically that's Soleimani. Marte, dead, right? Taken out. There he is, that guy. Taken out by Donald Trump, right? There is also took out ISIS, took out what? Al-Baghdadi. Remember all those guys? And then we have obviously Joe Biden, who's in the situation room with Osama bin Laden. But let me read to you when Osama bin Laden was killed. And yeah, I'm pissed off, right? When I say feckless and flaccid, there's another F word I'd like to use. But since this is on radio and, and podcast. I'm not going to do that. But let me read you the difference between we're going to get them where and when we choose versus Donald Trump's statement after there was an attack on U on the U.S. and U.S. servicemen. He said, under my leadership, America's policy is unambiguous to terrorists who harm or intend to harm any Americans. We will find you. We will eliminate you. We will always protect our diplomats, service members, all Americans and our allies. It doesn't, ladies and gentlemen, get any clearer than that, right? You harm Americans, we're going to kill you. And that's international politics. It's really no more than street yard politics. If a bully comes up to you and you do not meet that aggression with, with equal aggression or more, you're only encouraging more bad behavior. There's no difference here. The Persian culture 
is a wonderful old culture. But the Iranian regime that has been there since 1979 in the fall of the Shah recognizes one thing and one thing only, and that is unmitigated show of force and choking them off financially and economically. That's it. All this other policies of this feckless and flaccid Biden administration just encourages more bad behavior. And the fact that they haven't responded to, you know, other than taking out some infrastructure, I hate to say this, but some of the congressmen are white. It's time to send a message to Iran because this game, ladies and gentlemen, ends in Iran. But the other point in all of this is the Biden administration and all this woke diversity and the hippies of the 60s who are now occupying all these high high offices have always hated the military. And let's look at what's going on here between diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, by the way, U.S. Navy, the Naval Academy's gender and sexuality class. You want to tell me what gender and sexuality class has to do with winning wars or keeping us safe? Let's not forget now the drag queen advertisement for the Navy to get, you know, meet their quota, which they still haven't, which leads to... They just dropped the high school requirement or the high school equivalency requirement. They're still under quota, right? They're now drug testing special forces. So you can't use performance enhancing drugs. Does anybody really, these are people who put their lives on the line for the country. And we're going to tell them that they can't use performance enhancing drugs. Why? Their job is to kill bad guys and to keep us safe. And for that, we owe them a, a debt we cannot repay. But under the feckless and flaccid Biden administration policy, are you safer today than you were yesterday or four years ago? Right. We're lowering standards here. This whole woke leadership is putting our safety at risk. And we won't even talk about the southern border, at least until we get into the main part of the show. So moral of the story. You got to stand up to bullies in this game, ladies and gentlemen. World War III, which is we're on the threshold of, ends in Iran. And anybody who tells you any differently is lying to you. And that's the monologue. Joining me for the main part of the show, my lovely co-host, Erica Reddick. Erica, I'm a little pissed off. Because yeah. when, our, when our servicemen get put in harm's way, it's hard enough to send them out there. But when we have an administration that clearly does not have the resolve to protect them, I mean, Benghazi, anybody? Yeah. Remember I mean, Benghazi? And, so, oh, yeah. Well, the, the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, their posture yeah. with Taiwan, name, name the foreign policy that looks like garbage with the Biden administration. Well, I got a better one for you. Name a single foreign policy success after almost three years of the Biden administration. Name one. That's I can't. I'm, I mean, not nothing that I would call a success. Right. Our, you know, people that we disagree with might think it's a success that we, you know, sent billions of dollars to Iran. And let's see that, you know, Russia invaded Ukraine. Other people may think that that's great. However, you know, I think we would agree that those were failures as well. So so I want to go back to Trump's statement. Now, look, he's not the most articulate guy, but he was very clear. So <laughs> so he but wait. So what he went on to say after they took out Soleiman, Soleimani, right, is yeah. the following. We took action last night to stop war. We did not take an action mm -hmm. to start a war. And what mm -hmm. people don't understand is that sometimes you have to meet aggression with aggression. And he and he goes on to say the following. Under my leadership, we have destroyed the ISIS territorial caliphate and recently American special 
operation forces killed the terrorist leader known as al-Baghdadi. The world is a safer place without those monsters. Yeah. So he goes on and says, I have a deep respect for the Iranian people. They are a remarkable people with an incredible heritage and unlimited potential. We do not seek regime change. However, the Iranian regime's aggression in the region, including the use of proxy fighters, Houthi rebels, Hezbollah, right? Destabilize mm-hmm. its neighbors must end and it must end now. Is it, I mean, yeah. is that not, I mean, what am I missing other than the fact that Oh, we have no mean tweets now. I feel so much better. Do you feel I mean, safer, ladies what, and gentlemen? That's what my question just was makes always. Makes me crazy. Makes my me crazy. Question to pe- my question to people was always, like, you may not like the way that he talks. A lot of the educated, right. you know, the laptop class didn't like him because he spoke more like a regular person. The laptop um, class. I love that. Yeah. You know, if he's not using enough three syllable words, he must be dumb, you know? And it's like, no, maybe he just doesn't have to be as pompous and arrogant as you are in order to get the point across and to get the job done. And, you know, I always said, I, I and I, I stole this from somebody. I, I literally I can't give credit. He's Donnie from Queens. And if anyone expected someone other than Donnie from Queens to show up, they were going to be sorely disappointed. Right. But well, that's what you want. You want that kind of arrogance and bra and brashness when you're talking about foreign policy with vicious dictators who don't care about human life. Right. Do you want a mamby pamby person or do you want somebody who's going to punch him in the face? No, I want the meanest SOB that's out there, right? Because his job, is, you know, I mean, you go back to the movie like A Few Good Men with Tom Cruise, which was a great mm-hmm. movie, and Jack Nicholson's the bad guy. But at the end of the day, my sympathies are more with Jack Nicholson given these times because their job is to keep us safe. And all we have done is hampered them. And let's not forget, this is the administration and the Democratic Congress that put forward the ideas, oh, let's have illegal immigrants because we're so far under quota because we've screwed up the military, I would argue intentionally, right? I mean, because the military is the only thing that could turn on the on the federal government. So they want to gut the military. But, mm. you know, that's the whole just because I wear a tinfoil hat doesn't make me a conspiracy theorist. Let's set that aside. <laughs> right? But but so the military has been, and I have friends who just retired and they said, look, the the rank and file are still strong, but they're so far under quota, their ideas. Oh, I have a good idea. Let's get people who came to this country illegally. Yeah. We don't even know who they are. Let's train them and give them weapons and have them swear allegiance to a document. They've probably never read called the U S constitution. Oh, and let's go put them in harm's way to fight, to protect America and democracy. Am I missing something? Yeah, I mean, no, no, it, it, it is it is crazy. It is. You know, how about you guys just stop doing vaccine mandates and hunting down people with conservative values so that we can have a military that actually functions. white Christian nationalists are terrorists. Come I, on. I mean, white Christian what, nationalists. Y'all are terrorists. Yeah, but I, but right, you know right now they haven't least, they haven't said the Jews are terrorists yet. We're getting there. Oh, no, you guys are definitely terrorists, too. That's in this country or in You're Israel. White. You're white. Oh, Jewish people true. are white now. Well, not all. You know, Asian not the, people are white. Jewish not the people Sephardis, are white. So some I want to call Hispanic up an, people are white. Well, and so, and some black people so who Africans. Vote, you know, no, no, black black people who vote Republican are either white or Uncle Tom or they're what was the word that yep. Joy Reid used? I mean, 
whatever. But oh, in any event, they're 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 know. you know they're they're I don't know they're Nigerians are too successful. That's what that's the one thing. Nigerians are incredibly successful in America, <laughs> so they're now white adjacent. Hey, yeah, yeah. So that's what it is. Here's the other guy that that we need to talk we need to talk about because yeah. the Middle East at large is on fire. And by the way, folks, since October seventh, right? We have nine eleven, and now we have ten seven. Since ten seven, there have been one hundred and sixty. Count them. 160 attacks on U.S. servicemen and women or U.S. bases just in the Middle East since 9-11. Now, that number might have been underreported or not reported by the press, but folks, they're coming after us. And you know what we do? Oh, well, we bring, you know, an armada of ships in. And then when the Iranians bring in one destroyer, we back out. We do these tactical surgical strikes. How's that working for you? Right. And then. Bring up this picture. Here's my other buddy, right? Can we bring up Secretary of State Tony Blinken oh. if we have him? Because that guy, I referred to him as <laughs> Winkin, Blinken, and Nod, right? Because, <laughs> or Winkin, Blinken, and Stu Nods, right? Because the other thing that people don't know is so he goes to Prime Minister Netanyahu and says two things. I, it was two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Again, press didn't report it. He, they basically said to the Netanyahu government to BB himself, you can't beat Hamas, Hamas. You have to you have to have a ceasefire and, and make peace with them. You can't win. And you have to accept a two state solution. Right. This is the administration that is through the U.N., through direct bilateral discussions, is trying to undercut Israel's resolve and ability to root out terrorists that been pillaged. And now we know that the U.N., workers were there, right? UN relief workers were there yep. participating in the brutal slaying and massacre. And, oh, Israel, you can't defend yourself. You, I mean, so wink and blink and nod. I mean, I still like wink and blink and stu nod. But, um, <laughs> well, I just, you know, whenever I hear anyone say the two, a uh, two state solution, I think to myself, were you literally born yesterday? Because I'm old enough to remember how many times the two-state solution has been suggested and rejected by the Palestinians or by Hamas. I mean, since what, like the 80s, 70s that that's been discussed? I mean, I, I remember well, it under Clinton. Well, there's like, well, under, every well, time under, there's under, another under Carter. war. It started under, it started under okay. Carter, but, yep. but it is diametrically opposed to from the river to the sea. Right. Right. From the Jordan River to the Red Sea doesn't mean a two state solution. And by the way, Yasser Arafat in the Oslo Accords was offered a two state solution. He turned it down like right? 15 and, times. And this attack shows that all they have been doing, they being the the PLO or in this case, Hamas, mm -hmm. have been taking U.S. and foreign aid, building tunnels, living this extravagant lifestyle and planning attacks to drive Israel into the sea and folks we're going to say this to a blue in the face mm -hmm. after they get the jews if you're christian you're next because they're not just coming after the jews folks they're coming after judeo-christian values yeah. and you guys out there queers for palestine good luck hope that's working for you right oh, yeah they hate the west anything right. that represents the right. west anyone that's not um for if 
And not all Muslims, right? We have to say this, unfortunately, because people can't think for themselves and make rational thought. Not all Muslims, obviously, are on a jihad. But those who are think anyone who is not also Muslim, and not just Muslim, but the sect of of Islam that they are, everyone else deserves to be murdered, according to them. You can't even also— There are two sects, right? Sunni or Shiite. Right. Shia. Right. There's only yeah, two. And, 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 and there are radicals other. in both. There are radicals in both. Not everyone who's a Sunni or a, or a Shiite is a is, you know, subscribes to that. And we keep making but, excuses for it, which which, by the way, go back since the bombing of the U.S. barracks in Lebanon under Reagan mm. and find me one international act of terrorism that was not as a result of Islamic extremists. Find me mm. one. Guess what? Yep. You can't. So you got to understand what this is. And by the way, the leader of Hamas came at and defies critics, says it's terrorists upheld Islamic values during murderous attack on Israel. So raping wait, women. Cut, yeah. Hang on. I'm not, I don't make wait. I don't make this stuff up. Oh wait, my gosh, I'm sorry. Wait, wait. you're going to have to read that again. So it, it was called the Operation Al-Aqsa Flood was a necessary step against Israel's alleged occupation of Palestinian territories. Now, Israel has not occupied, so to speak, the West Bank or Gaza since like 2004, 2006. So if Israel is still occupying Palestinian territories, then it's the rest of the state of Israel that they're talking about. But you want to talk about blaming the victims, right? So on sun- a couple Sundays ago, the organization itself, Hamas organization, released the following statement claiming that one, its fighters were committed to Islamic values and if civilians were targeted, it happened accidentally in the course of the murderous rampage. And he goes on to say that it's Israel's fault. The rapid collapse of Israel's security and military system and the chaos caused along the border was to blame for the high civilian casualty. We have these sons of bitches on tape. They're, they're burning babies alive. They're women they're cutting off women's genitalia while they're raping them and then killing them folks i don't know the definition of evil but but i know it when i see it right didn't they post the videos themselves this isn't like propaganda being put out by somebody this is their videos their own stuff that they were showing to the world so they're upholding islamic values just so you know if that's if, if that's islamic values the world doesn't want any part of that. No. Right? And at the end of the day, you have a God-given right to self-defense. And if you're coming after me or my family, morte. And I and mm-hmm. you know, it's no it's no different than the invasion of our southern border, which we're going to get to today. It's mm-hmm. no different than if you're invading my home. What's the difference, folks? Then you have Cutter. Cutter hires an ex-CIA agent to to discredit Senator Ted Cruz. Because he put a bill to designate Hamas and the Muslim Brotherhood as terrorist organizations. So now you have Qatar, who's clearly playing both sides. Don't you love how we have all this? Yep, that's Qatar. That, that is flag. a crazy flag. Right? So you have Qatar, who, rich, right, Middle East country, playing both sides. They hire an ex-CIA agent to, to take down Ted Cruz's, you know, they're not going after him physically. Right? Let's be clear here. It's not what I'm saying. But because Ted Cruz and several others, Senator Cruz, puts forward a, a bill to designate the Muslim Brotherhood because all of this nexus is the Muslim Brotherhood and all of that nexus is Iran, right? I mean, you got to understand all these sort of satellite operations, whether you're the Houthi rebels, whether you're a Hezbollah, whether you're in, in Boko Haram, right? I mean, 
these are all satellite organizations to the mother ship. You remember the movie Independence Day? Independence Day, where everything tied to the mothership. The mothership, ladies and gentlemen, is Iran, right? Funded through Qatar, who's now who's playing both ends of this. And then the other thing I find, Erica, the other thing I find interesting in all of this, yeah. you know, there have been missiles going back and forth between Pakistan and Iran. Mm. They're bombing each other. Yeah. And guess who's trying to play peace broker between <laughs> Iran and Pakistan? <laughs> I can't imagine. The Taliban. <laughs> so, right. And now I know I'm cynical. I get that. Right. I, I get that I am from New Jersey and I'm really cynical. But why would the Taliban broker the peace? It's simple because they're in between the two and they don't want they don't want the nuclear fallout. If Iran, I mean, think about it. They're going to be bombing each other. Who's in the middle? Yeah. Them. Oh, so, my gosh. So when it behooves them to talk peace. They'll talk peace. And and the only way you are going to bring anyone to the table in the Middle East, you're listening, Biden administration, Winken Blinken or Winken Tony Blinken and Stunad, right, is through a show of strength. And you've got to teach Iran a lesson. I don't know if you want to take out the refineries. You have to bomb Iran. And I realize that that's a bold and statement, right? But if you do not, inflict pain on Iran in some capacity and just can't cut their funds off anymore. You too late for that. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So Erica, I mean, I'm a little verklempt, but it just <laughs> makes me crazy. Yeah. I hear you. Well, so you know, this might be a good time for us to let every remind everybody watching, listening. Uh, if you're listening to us on podcast, if you are on social media, we ask that you like, share, and subscribe because we are seeing it, you guys. Some of our videos we can actively see being suppressed because the tech overlords don't like some of our guests. They don't like us talking about things like election integrity. So. If you if you let the algorithm know that you like this content, it really helps you guys. So wherever you're watching or listening, make sure to leave a review and let us know. Robert. And I have a surprise for you. I have a surprise for you. You do. We are also now up on Apple Podcast. We're live on Apple. Finally. Um, we still never got anybody from Apple Podcast to pick up the phone. It's like the black hole of, you know, <laughs> social media, digital media to try to get them. But folks, we're also on Apple Podcast. And I know Google shifting their platform, but you can now find us everywhere. Spotify, yeah. Google, Apple. So like us, share us, subscribe. Help us get the word out there because as you're seeing, especially now that we're live. Yeah. We are brash, irreverent, and mostly peaceful doesn't begin to describe us, but it's as <laughs> close as we're going to get. I especially, and you do realize the mostly peaceful reference is at the height of COVID and all these BLM social justice protests. The media's favorite line was, well, these protests were mostly peaceful. Mostly yeah, and there's peaceful. A br- and there's a bridge. I'm going to be mostly peaceful because there's a bridge in Brooklyn I'd like to sell you if those protests yeah. were mostly peaceful. It's old, made of wood, but in really good condition. Well, I'll tell you what, speaking of that, what some people are starting calling to calling the start of the new civil war. Let's hear from one of our the contributors to ASIC and to American Coalition, Bruce Abramson, his new book, Civil War. Let's check this out. From conservative commentator and contributor to Breitbart News, the American Spectator, the Jerusalem Post. 
The New Civil War, Exposing Elites, Fighting Utopian Leftism, and Restoring America. Bruce D. Abramson brings a transformative exploration into how progressivism has poisoned America. Featuring a foreword by President Trump's former strategist, Sebastian Gorka, Ph.D., The New Civil War will open your eyes to the left's incendiary agenda and how patriotic Americans can fight back. We are living through a national trauma. The United States has jettisoned the rule of law and ceased functioning as a republic. Battle lines have been drawn. Progressives are moving quickly to cement their transformation of the country's beliefs, attitudes, values, social structures, economic models, and government organizations. Patriotic Americans are waking up to recognize that conservatism failed to conserve much of anything. Progressives control academia, media, the civil service, and several of our country's most important industries. The new civil war is not a call for war. It is a recognition that war has been declared on us. Our sacred love of liberty is under attack. Unless we defend it, the America we love may be lost. This book is for every patriotic American eager to defeat the utopian left and restore America. Joel Pollack, conservative journalist. All right. And folks, I've read the I've read the book. You know, when you bring a knife to a gunfight, you're going to lose. Right now there's a gunfight and the and the conservative side or the Republican side or the non-progressive side has no idea that the, I mean, I think we're starting to get the idea, but before we leave the military, I got one more thing we need to bring up. Uh, Can someone find my F-35 fighter jet? I think I lost one. (laughs) I want an F-35. So, yeah, so do I, right? I mean, you know, I mean, Top Gun, nothing. So it turns out that the, that the Marine Corps back last September Mm. couldn't find one of their f-35 jets what no (laughs) right this is how this is how bad our military and and you know what they did how do you lose a jet wait wait it goes down over it was a training run over south carolina they couldn't find it you know what the guys do the the united states marine corps calls 911 no that robert i can't i can't erica i can't erica wait you know you know you know me right I mean, so the United States Marine Corps frantically called 911 after losing an F-35 fighter jet (laughs) airborne mishap that led to a crash in South Carolina. The $90 million stealth jet went missing on September 17th. The pilot ejects, lands in some guy's backyard. He calls 911, right? And the, the guy, the owner of the house goes, well, we got a pilot in the house and I guess he landed in my backyard and we're, and we're trying to see if we could get an ambulance to the house, please. <laughs> right. Hands the phone over to the guy. Now, a couple of days later, they find the wreckage, but how pathetic is our military and no disrespect to the men and women who serve in the military. We're talking about the leadership here, folks. We're not talking about the, you know, the special you know, ops or the people that go and do bad. We're talking about those. We're talking about secretary of defense, Austin, who goes to the hospital and doesn't let the commander in chief know he's out of commission. Right. But hey, can you is, find me my F-35 jet? I've seemed to have misplaced it. I just, I am, I am. I don't they have like tracking like radar like black like a black box is that not a thing still how do you what is it so stealth we can't find like we hid our keys from ourselves like I I, don't know 
All, all I know is, I mean, Robert. I mean, and why wouldn't you send out another plane? And you know, you're going to call nine one one. What do you think they're going to? You know, nine one one doesn't come to your house if you if you, if there's a robbery or a break in in time. You think they're going to find your your stealth F thirty five ninety million dollar bomber that you somehow can't find in South Carolina? Was really? the hope were they like, oh, just in case somebody's hurt, we need to let you guys know we a freaking plane crashed in your neighborhood i 90 you guys this is why oh my god this is why i say defund the government okay defund the government they are not responsible it's like we gave toddlers hundreds of billions trillions of dollars of our money to go do nonsense with well, we really didn't give it to them voluntarily, right? Because if you don't pay your taxes, these these eighty five thousand dollars, eighty five thousand new IRS agents who now are pa- are packing heat, or mm-hmm. or 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 carrying heavy, as the expression goes in New Jersey, where I'm from, right? Going to show up at your door and make you an offer you can't refuse, which is basically pay it or you're going to jail. Oh, right? Jail. So yeah, right. I am from the IRS, and we're here to help you. But let's segue because I also want to talk about what's mm. going on at the border. Oh, and yeah. what we talked about last week is, you know, taking on Bruce's civil, the new civil war. There mm-hmm. is now a, a burgeoning conflict between Governor Abbott in Texas, who's yeah. putting up chicken wire, right? By the way, do you notice it's okay to put chicken wire up around the White House, mm-hmm. but it's not oh, okay yeah, to put chi- chicken wire across the border to protect yeah. the country. So Abbott is basically saying, screw you to the federal government, we're going to take care of our own, sends the Texas National Guard to the border. The Biden administration petitions the Supreme Court who says that you, the federal government, can take take them down. And there's a constitutional crisis brewing because Texas, mm. you know, Abbott and several other states have said, we're not, I mean, we're not going to follow that. And let's remember, the Supreme Court also said that student loan forgiveness is illegal is not constitutional, excuse me. And they're now doing a workaround. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander. But at some point, the federal government is probably going to try to nationalize, which they're based on the law entitled to do the National Guard. And then the question is, like the French Revolution, which side does the military land on? I... This brings up an interesting conversation. A friend of mine who is, you know, very heavily involved with the Libertarian Party, um, right. Olga, the Libertarian Party chair of Vermont, there's an organization called Defend the Guard, and they're actually trying to make it so that the federal government can no longer call out the National Guard, that instead of the of the president being able to utilize the National Guard, that it, they would have to be basically returned to state and only the state control. And and watching this play out, now I actually really understand why that organization is actually doing a good thing that we should probably put a little bit more energy into. Like so and and for and for the people who, you know, are not political junkies, well, I guess if you're listening to this, you are a political junkie by nature, but in mm-hmm. case there's one or two of you who are not, yeah. The number one issue in the New Hampshire primary that the voters cared most about was illegal immigration. Now we are a border state. It is a Northern border, of course, not a Southern border. But the fact that illegal immigration is now the number one issue for voters in a state like New Hampshire tells you that this is a powder keg, right? You have under the Biden administration, I forget the number, but it's something like 
three million a year illegal immigrants, and that's what they're, they're what they're documenting. And that's what they're catching. That's those that's are the people catching. who supposedly have asylum claims. Right. So how many more are not? Right. So, again, mm-hmm. we talk about where do we go? Where do we go from here? But if illegal immigration is your number one issue. This is going to be an interesting election indeed, because and you got to give Donald Trump credit. He calls it out in 2016 and he may have done it in a way that I'm sorry, offended people's sensibilities and hurt their feelings with mean tweets. Right. I get all that. <laughs> but he's the one who called out the illegal immigration was an issue. He's the one who called out that China is is. America's number one enemy in the world, not because they're our enemy, because we're theirs, right? China has declared war on the U.S. in economic, military, and and frankly, even, I mean, if you look at their Belt and Road Initiative, it's just Trump's the one who's called it, Trump who made us energy independent only to be given back by the Biden administration, right? Mm, So, yep. And there are people who actually are still trying to claim that the problem with energy is not Biden's fault, that it's OPEC's fault. And I'm like, come again uh, with that. No, that's not. I mean, they're not totally wrong. They're just mostly wrong. Right. So if you interfere with domestic energy production that makes us dependent on foreign countries like in the Middle East, then we literally are at their whim like that is what are you talking about i it's these are again i said this earlier people did were you just born yesterday do you not know how these things interfere do you not understand speculation the stock market if we cut off sources if we shut down refineries what do you think is going to happen to the price of of energy Everywhere that produces energy is having base like war, essentially, and problems. And we just shut down our own domestic energy production. I it what are, and, what are and we, we shut the, and we shut down the XL pipeline. And folks, how mm-hmm. much how much was gas per gallon a couple of years ago? <laughs> what what was your like, inflation? Was like a couple bucks or something. Yeah. Right. And, and you know the thing I'm trying to understand about all of this? They're mm. trying to diminish our carbon footprint. Mm. All life form, folks, on this planet is carbon-based. <laughs> Am I missing something? You need carbon for the trees to grow and grass so, to grow. So, but, but Plants. But, right. Food. So, and, you know, I mean, global warming is crap. And everybody knows <sighs> crap. It, look, it's unproven, okay? The planet's warming. Look, I'm older. Right. As I get older, my body's warmer than it used to be when I was 20. Okay, so there's probably some (laughs) aging thing here. Okay, I throw off a lot more heat than I used to, folks. But I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. No, I love it. Robert, it's again, again, we weren't born yesterday. I remember when we were going to have an like in the 70s, there was going to be another ice age. These climate catastrophists have existed since time and memoriam. Is there a word catastrophist? I made it up. I love how you're like a malaprop. I love that. You're, you're <laughs> a catastrophist. But look, <laughs> I went through this. I went through the the gas shortages in the 70s. And I remember oh, my dad, yeah. right? You know, odd plate, even license plate. Only, you know, today only the odd plates can gas up. And, you know, tomorrow only the even plates. And you had all these ec- economists and forecasters who would say, well, at this rate, 
in, you know, in 10 years, gas is going to be $432 a gallon because they take a trend <laughs> out and they carried ad infinitum, not understanding that things are cyclical, right? And you can, you know, there are ways to address it. But there was all this worry and, and you know, people are sort of, as I call it, getting over the tips of their skis on mm -hmm. all of this stuff. It's no different here, right? It's no different than with the whole energy. And by the way, you know, that whole, blizzard that made its way a couple of weeks ago across the country mm, the yep, first real snowstorm do you know yeah. what it really taught people don't the buy electric cars <laughs> because the batteries are all am i allowed to say the bed if not you can bleep it out right the batteries all the bed you couldn't get to a charger and they were all stuck in snow oh i want one of those <laughs> come on really yeah, just like, you know, the solar panels, how they don't right. work. Do you and all just for the record, we were thinking about getting solar panels on our new place. And then a roofer was like, don't do it. All the hailstorms in Texas, they're just going to get destroyed every other month and it's going to cost you a fortune. You, you'll pay less to just pay for the electricity or whatever. All right, so, so Lord Benjamin, who, you know, we have a whole chat thing. He's saying, so what's going to be, you need to ask him what's going to be worth millions at the apocalypse. Cause I think we're on the, the cusp of it now anyway, you know, tin hat and all. So I don't know. He said something's going to be worth a million. Maybe, maybe. Oh, wait, is, what'd you say, Benjamin? Is, is, is this like an apple? Oh, the oil bottle. Oh, well, oh. you know, look, I, look, I don't know about you guys. I got a generator. I got food. I got water, you know, Ooh. I mean, we, we keep telling y'all come to new, you know, you know, when they, when an EMP gets exploded in the atmosphere and there's no electricity and there's no fuel, come to New Hampshire. We'll give you a warm. That's up. right. No, That's no what problem. we're we're going to be official preppers. We're we already have some stuff going, but I was like, we're going to have to get some food. We're going to have to get that like Patriot supply or whatever. Yeah, I have that those. It's called. I, I, yeah, I have that shelf. Yeah. Shelf life is like, you know, 25 years. But and I've tried a couple. They're, they're, they're not bad, especially if you're hungry. But. <laughs> Let me let me go to something else because I want to I want to go back to borders, language, culture. Right. We started talking mm. about borders, but there's other border that comes into play here. Right. In 2022. And I've got to refer to my notes here. I want to read this. Well, first of all, my home state of New Jersey led the nation in mass exodus from New Jersey in 2023. Shocker. So basically high taxes were the primary driver. It has the sixth highest state and local tax burden, a share of income tax, worst business climate. And the guy and basically said, New Jersey is e even one of only six states with an inheritance tax because the residents apparently don't pay enough taxes during their lifetime. It's even an ex expensive place to die. Take, take that. But I want to read this to you. Here are the, the list. That is terrible. Well, look. My teacher always said, don't look for what separates people. Look for what they have in common. So I'm going to give you a list and I want you to tell me what they have in common. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. California, New York, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Washington state, Colorado, Michigan, and Wisconsin. They are all Democrat led states. Good. What else do they have in common? High taxes and regulations. Correct. What else do they have in common? Crappy governors and high crime. Okay. Okay. Actually, I don't know if Wisconsin does. So those are nine of the 10 leading states that have that have the most people leaving their states in 2022. 
right? Because we're still catching up on the census and all that. Oh, crap, maybe right? because so of 20, all the things I just so, listed so, off. Right. You think, right? Walks <laughs> like a duck, talks like a duck. It's usually a duck, right? So, so let's go through the list, right? So okay. the nine of the ten. The other one, by the way, is Indiana, right? Which you know, mm. again. I think the reason people were leaving Indiana is because some of the states around them are Republican and they have higher wages, but we'll get to that. Mm. So nine out of 10 are blue states. California, number one, New York, number two, Illinois, number three, must be Chicago, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, state of Washington, Colorado, usually once reliably red, now reliably blue, Michigan and Wisconsin. Those nine states, right, are the mm. nine of the 10 where people are fleeing, right? So you want to talk about borders? So borders don't just affect the country. Borders affect states, right? Now, yeah. if I'm Florida, at some point I would build toll booths and go, you know, you can't come in anymore because Florida, <laughs> because again, now I'm going to read you another list. Tell me what they have in common. Wait, I think I think Florida and Texas should have like toll places you have to stop and you have to produce like a libertarian party card or a Republican party card membership or something to prove that you're not a crazy lib. Just See, saying. I think you just have to show your gun permit and then you should be led into the state. Okay, we'll go with that. Okay. I think it's, we'll have I a mean, list of acceptable. It makes perfect sense to me. I mean, look, okay, I'm sorry. In most states that you have to show ID to do everything. You have to, you know, ID to use a public toilet. You don't have to show an ID to vote, though, which we're going to get to get a library card. OK, right. they don't even trust you with a library book unless you give them an ID and show them your lease where you live. Well, well, oh, that's because okay. if you if, if you if you check out the book Gender Queer, they're afraid you might not give it back in time for other people. You might give it to a toddler or something. Right. So here's oh, the other okay. states. Tell me what they have in common. Texas, okay. Florida, mm -hmm. South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee. Right. OK. Nevada, we can throw in there for a reason. Maine, Delaware and Idaho. So if you take out, That's let's take out. Delaware, but those are the 10. Texas, Florida, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee. Those and are the states. Put in Idaho. Those, those are, are the states getting the people who are leaving all the blue states. <laughs> those are seven of the top 10. The other, I mean, Maine, because, you know, because it's Maine, it's gorgeous, right? I mean, yeah. other than the, the attorney general who's a, rural, who's a, who's a looney tune, right? Oh, senator. Right. And Nevada, obviously, because of Vegas and just because if you get out of Vegas, it's mm. it's quite conservative. Right. And Idaho. The only problem with Idaho is Idaho's number 10 here and California's number one. All those California people are going to Idaho, which will change the demographics of it. Mm. So what does it tell you? Borders language. I don't know if you can all see this borders language culture. It's not just U.S. borders, which is a concern. But people are voting with their feet and they should. Mm. Why would you want to live in this, a state? whose policies you don't agree with. The only concern to me is, right, I'm from New Hampshire. We we have all these mass people that are coming up here. That's fine. But you left a state because you didn't like the policies. Now you're coming to a state. We have no state income tax. We have no sales tax. We're an open carry state. Don't change us to what you just left because you left there because you didn't like it. You know what else New Hampshire has? Me. You and ASIC fund. ASIC, the think tank. You guys, ASIC is doing a bunch of really amazing work out there. They are bringing together patriots like Robert and I to get the message out, to share about this stuff so that you can know what states are good to go to and which ones are not. Let's let's hear from 
the defenders of American freedom. Hold on. Hang on. Let's see what they got to say. America came into being based on a shared belief and a common set of values. Unlike other nations that were bound together based on common ancestry, race, or caste, we came into being based on a simple and shared set of ideals. That the power of government is based on the consent of the governed. That life, the freedom to live life on our own terms in our own way, free from government interference, and liberty, our most precious value, and the pursuit of happiness, which means we are free to pursue that which we choose with the knowledge and courage to know that nothing is guaranteed to us in this life. Those values, America was founded on these basic inalienable rights. Freedom to pray to God in our own way. Freedom to think and speak freely without fear of punishment or harm. And freedom to gather in our places of worship and in our local taverns. And freedom to defend ourselves, our families, our homes, and our neighbors as we see fit. The American Center for Education and Knowledge is dedicated to protecting American exceptionalism anywhere and everywhere it is threatened. ASIC is a 501c3 and depends on your tax-deductible donations. Please help us continue our fight. We need to defend our borders. We need to defend America. We need to defend our values. You guys go to ASICfund.org to learn more, to contribute, and to, to learn more. And to be clear, first of all, I love that guy's voice. Just want you to know. (laughs) Secondly, I mean, just he has a, you know, I'm sure he has a face for radio, but love the voice. Um, And folks, all donations are tax deductible. It means if you you donate to help us continue to get the message out uh, or sign up for our email, sign up for our newsletters, sign up for for some of the upcoming events, everything is a C3 for the C3 is tax deductible. It means you can write it off. Right. That's it right. means that it means it's that much less that you get to pay Uncle Sam. And that's right. You not, can defend. That's not right. really you your uncle. Defend like the your country. Yeah, you can defend the country and stick it to the government at the same time. I mean, what better? What better way to spend your money? And don't forget, we're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on Spotify. We're on Amazon. Find us. We're on Podbeam. Find us. Like us. Share us. Subscribe. Let's get let's get the word out because 2024 is we're going to start building a steamroller here with all of this. But I want to get back, Erica, to borders, language, culture. And in this case, yeah. let's talk borders because it gets depressing when I talk about culture, because, you know, as I say to people, they talk about being conservative. And my response is, uh-uh. how do you conserve that which you've lost? Mm, right. You know, you can question. fight and get it back. You can restore or regain. But. The conservative movement, especially as espoused by, you know, the sort of the uh, establishment in, in, in Congress, because, you know, they're talking now about this whole border bill. Right. Mm. So there is a tug of war going on between Mitch McConnell who, and they want to link the border security, our border, our southern border with aid to Ukraine. First of all, as we've said, we're blue in the face. You guys, so you guys are, want money to protect Ukraine's border, but you don't want to put money in to protect our border. You want to send over peacekeepers to teach you, Ukraine how to defend its border, but you don't want to send the federal government troops down to defend our border. What am I missing? I don't think you're missing anything except for the nefarious intentions of our elected officials. 
They're a nefarious? bunch of dirtbags. I, I, I don't know what's nefarious. It, it, look, look, it's sausage making, right? Politics is supposedly sausage making. It's an ugly process. If you do it right, the end product is supposed to be something, lack of a better term, delicious, right? But it is so critical that we protect our southern border. Yeah. Why is it linked to Ukraine? And we've said this to we're blue in the face. That's Russia is going it, to win that. Russia is going to win in Ukraine. It's political games. It's political theater. That's why I have long, when I ran for Congress, one of my main points that I promised to work for was single issue bills. There is no reason there should be omnibus spending packages and, you know, that Ukraine, Israel, and the southern border should somehow all be tied together. These are three totally different policy initiatives that need to be handled totally differently by different Areas of the government, they're the only reason that they are lumped together like that is so that the politicians can fight and argue and act like they're doing something while at the same time doing nothing. Right. So here's That's so it. here's the question, though. The country and the system, the constitutional system was built on compromise. Right. Mm. Mm. I mean, it is, I mean, you know, there's checks mm. and balances between branches, within branches. Right. All of that. But mm. are we at a point now? And this is a question, not a statement. Are we at a point now where we're beyond compromise? Is the I, polarization I, in this country to the point where everything is a zero-sum gain and compromise is off the table? I don't have the answer to that. What do you think? I think we are. I definitely think we are. What's Robert, what's that expression compromise or is like two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner? That's how I look at our Congress, right? Okay. Compromises two sheep, two two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner. Obviously, the two wolves are going to go along with they're going to eat the sheep, right? And so they there's all these perverse incentives for politicians to pass bad legislation, to take money out of your pocket, out of my pocket, and to interfere with our ability to just have normal everyday commerce. So if 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 our government looked anything like what the framers had envisioned, I I might be able to agree with you. But, you know, the federal government is not supposed to be distributing charity. That's not its job. It's not supposed to be doing much other than protecting our borders, which it's in dereliction of duty. For yeah, on. No, kidding, no kidding. Look, I, I agree. It, it pains me. Uh, how dysfunctional the the government is. And mm -hmm. we can, you know, whether or not, you know, we're talking about a constitutional conference or a Mark Meckler, what's his organization again? Oh, yeah, yeah. Convention uh, of States. Convention of States, which I don't mm -hmm. support. I, I support him, but I don't support the concept because I think we would lose control of that. Like we've lost control of everything else. Mm -hmm. And then you lose the First Amendment, you lose the Second Amendment. Don't forget in mm -hmm. 1787, when the founders and who were left of the founders, including Ben Franklin, including Madison, basically went to reform the Articles of Confederation, which is what the country operated on in the first 11 years, they were supposed to reform the Articles of Confederation. They didn't. They threw them out and wrote the Constitution. So you reopen that can of worms. I'm a little concerned. But my real point in all of this is we're talking about borders. We're talking about people voting with their feet. There's another aspect, though, that gives me a little bit of hope. There are statistics now that clearly show that the that the black community within America is maybe finally leading the Democrat plantation. And I don't know if we have those pictures, Lord Benjamin, if we do put them up, if we don't. We didn't get, that was the ones ah, we did bad. not get. All right. So, so I will tell you, and again, so some of the, and by the way, 
if Snoop Dogg is supporting Donald Trump, what else do you need to know? Right. So, but you're joking. It, you're joking no, right now. No, it's go, go look up Snoop Dogg and Donald Trump. It was in the news yesterday or the day before about supporting Trump. So, right. So basically. What world are we living in? Right. Right. Hey, you know what? I don't know. But but I that'll tell you I love but that'll it. tell I you how it. the how the lines are shifting of of traditional alliances. I think the alliances are now going to cross. But in terms of the black community, Biden's support among the black community has shrunk in recent years. Fox poll once stood at 87 percent. He's now down to 62 percent. Now, we're going to see how that plays out in South Carolina, where he will, again, relatively speaking, run unchallenged. Right. Mm-hmm. But but in certain states where it could move the needle, where there is a and unfortunately, these days, most of the black community is still a prisoner of the Democrat plantations, which are basically inner city, right? Poor, impoverished, because God forbid, we don't want to give them educational choice because we don't want to you know, teach them that they can lift up their children or their children's children, that education is a way to set you free. We're going to dumb down the system and that's any right. testing is going to say, oh, that's racist. Yep. Learning math bigotry. is racist. The soft of, bigotry of low, of low expectations. expectations, which was a Ronald Reagan, by the way, term. Mm-hmm. So the black community, and again, not focused solely on the black community. You can look at, you can look at one of the other questions is in certain key states, given the what's going on in the Middle East, what does the Jewish community do now that anti-Semitism is so rampant in this country? Right. Those mm-hmm. moments of cognitive dissonance of about the vanguard of the social justice movements. Now I got to figure out who they're voting for. Right, which is why we talked about a possible third-party candidate not winning, but playing spoiler to prevent someone else from getting 270 electoral votes, forcing it to the House, mm. where all bets are off. What do you think? Mm. Do you think that's why? Do you think that's why Manchin is toying with the candidacy? His, I don't think he's toying party. with it. I think he's running. I think he's running. And I'm so being, I'm being to told spoil? that he is going. He is going to run. You know, was told originally Chris Christie is is on the ticket again. You know, look, you want friends in politics, folks. Buy a dog, and, and all <laughs> and and all information is you know. Oh, it's a reliable source. Oh, it's a very reliable source, but who really knows right, until it's done? Yeah. Right. The only thing you know well, about is I history. Think, I think I heard that it might be Tulsi Gabbard as the VP. Like I've the the rumors are are spinning now right. that that's come out, and I. I mean, you've got Gavin Newsom, who's still acting like he's running for president. No, he's he's going to replace. But look, they're going to pull Biden out. So I spoke, yeah. spoke to a friend of mine today who basically said, short of an act of God, Donald Trump's your nominee. He actually thinks there's going to be an act of God, which is a whole different conversation, that Ooh. Trump will not be the nominee because of an act of God. I don't know what that means. But short of an act of God, Trump is the nominee on one side. But I will tell you, there is there are whispers from the Obama people. They know, they want to pull Biden out of there. There's no way. We have said this for how many months? Well, wait, who? Six wait, months? if 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 Trump isn't the nominee, then who are we going to end up getting stuck with? Well, obviously, it would be you know be picked at convention. It'd be Nikki Haley. It would be DeSantis. Okay. It would be somebody. And again, it depends on when it happens. It depends where it happens. Yeah. It, I mean, you're in uncharted territory at this point, but we're in uncharted waters as yeah. a country and as a yep. nation anyway. But here's what I will tell you. We talked about it. Yeah. Joe Biden will not be the Democratic nominee yeah. for president come this November. I don't care what anybody tells you. I will bet you all the money in the world that I have, there is no chance that Donald, it's not a lot of money, folks, so don't get excited. There is no chance 
that Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee for president. No chance. I wonder if Joe Manchin is thinking that he will be one of the choices at the convention. So if he's going to start like a a campaign, I'm so – Robert, I am so curious how this year is going to go. The progressive – let's be – look, let's be clear. The progressive wing of the Democratic Party controls – they don't aren't I'm not even sure they're in the majority, but but the moderate wing is is sold their soul to the progressive wing mm. of the party. They will determine who the candidate is, period, because their threat yeah. is going to be if you don't pick who we like, we stay home and the Republicans win. That's obviously the threat on the right as well, where the, the conservatives do that. But yeah, they control the agenda. They control the you know whether it's climate change or whether it's the borders right i mean there's a book out there people should read it goes it's called the blueprint and, and it 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 details the colorado miracle or the colorado whatever they call it in, in 2004 when the entire country went republican george bush and i worked on that campaign mm. right and george bush one wins in a landslide we win both houses and yet the one place in the country reliably read Colorado went blue in both state houses, right? And then from there, Obama wins in 08, right? And they're replicating it in other other places. So the moral of the story to all of this is the progressive wing controls Mm. who the candidate is going to be. Joe Manchin would not be an acceptable candidate, right? But Gavin Newsom would be. And there is sort of this underground suggestion, you know, Michelle Obama. I hope Michelle Obama is a candidate, frankly. I would love to, I would love her to be the candidate. Because I think that she is so galvanizing and so <laughs> and so vitriolic, right? That I think you're going to lose the center. Because that's the other thing people need to understand. Mm. 30% are Republicans, 30% are Democrats. Like a chess game. Chess is warfare by another means. Well, folks, so is politics. It's warfare by another means. And the, the, the way you win at chess is controlling the center of the board. Well, the way you win at politics is controlling the center of the spectrum. You've got to be able to poll people. And I'm not talking compromise or not, but when immigration becomes your number one issue, it's not even the economy, which is second. You know, you can't have Joe Biden be be your nominee. I mean, yeah. he doesn't even know how to put a hard hat on the right way. Oh my God. Yeah. Once you've lost the independence, you're pretty it's pretty much over. Just like our show today. We have run out of time. Oh. It is the end. We gotta call it quits, Robert. We got, we got to say goodbye. See how time flies when you have having Folks, we love this live stuff. So we're going to keep coming to you live. So please like us, share us, subscribe, find us on Apple Podcasts, find us on Podbean, Google, all those places. You want to talk to me at RB Churning on Twitter? Right? Yeah. And I'm at Erica Reddick. Or if you're really brazen, Robert at Coalition, the number four, America.com. Send me an email. Let me know what you think. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Erica, we have we have fun, but let's not forget. Brash, irreverent, and folks, mostly peaceful. Mostly Until it's peaceful. time not to be. We'll see you next <laughs> uh, all week. All right. Bye, everybody. It is not